Obrigado, race fans, and welcome to Season 2020, Episode 32 of the Piscino Report. This is the podcast that gets past the hype and takes you straight to what's going on in the MotoGP paddock. Well, it's Episode 32. It's the Savadori episode. Who? Never mind. He's a guy, apparently. He's number 32. It's been incredible. We've had the final race of the season. It was absolutely amazing, as we knew it was going to be. We've now got three world champions, worthy world champions, some incredible racing. We've had an incredible weekend at, at uh, Portimao in Portugal. What a racetrack. It's a character all by itself. So here we are to wrap it all up for the last time this year. And first of all, I'm going to throw over to our newbie for the year, Andra. Andra, that's a lovely hair you've got there, my dear. You, did I, you get your hair done especially uh, for this episode? I did, thank you. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> feel, feel. So, I yeah, know, right? Is. Very nice indeed. Yeah, so you've <laughs> seen this entire season of MotoGP now. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I went into the hairdresser and asked for the Masia. So it's a little bit longer. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I tried. Um, <laughs> Shit. I actually um, exchanged a quick message today with Sam Lowe's because I messaged and said to him, my first ever year watching MotoGP was an absolute pleasure to chat to him through the year. Thank you so much. And just, I, I can't, I'm just reflecting on it. I'm going to get all soppy now, but like you guys and just, you know, the relationships that we've built, the people we've got to know through doing the podcast, like it's become such a big part of my life and I don't know mm. how I'm going to last until the season next year starts. I know it's terrible, isn't it? There's no more racing for a while. That's horrendous. And boss, Hefe, Manuel, you're back home, I can see. You were, uh, you were there in Portimao. How's Portugal this time of year? Oh, Portimao, I, I knew already, but it was incredible. You know, almost empty because of yep. the corona. But the weather was fantastic. Nice beaches. Uh, kids doing uh, surfing in the morning. So somehow, somehow it was a little bit like Australia in the mornings. But mm. and were they drunks the passed rest... out on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> the Portuguese are too serious for that. You know, yeah. they are very serious people. But it was uh, fantastic. It was a great weekend. And I have to say that uh, the mixed feeling when the, the race uh, finished, you know, it was a mixed mm -hmm. feeling of, ah, this crazy season has finished. But at the same time, the emotion said, okay, now we have to wait until... February to see yep. the bikes on the bikes, uh, the bikes and the riders on the track. Yes, strange feelings, strange feelings. Indeed, indeed. So let's get straight into it. I mean, we will, we normally, cool. we say this is for MotoGP, but realistically, I want to start with Moto2 oh. because, oh my God, Moto2, what a race. Obviously, we had the Aussie legend himself, Remy, good on you, mate. What uh, a way who, to finish uh, the got the season. result there. What a way to finish the season. And what a battle that he had for that entire race as well. Absolutely fantastic. But really, for me, the real hero of the day is our good friend, Sam Lowe's. What a performance from Sam. Mm -hmm. Yes, both of them. Look, I just hear you and I get the goosebumps because especially for Sam, you know, because for Remy, it's it's joy. You know, it's cool for me winning. And he has gone so, through so many, uh, how do you say, difficulties, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, he yeah. lives abroad, as you know. He lives in Spain. He had, he got heavily injured uh, many times but there was a week he, his team wasn't going to race because they didn't have any funding and they were going to pull the plug right. yes yeah <laughs> so imagine imagine and then he was at the top of the podium imagine mm, yes. his feelings you know everything 
was worth is the exactly and he the worked he worked so hard for it didn't he yes and regarding sam again every time as i mention his name i get goosebumps you know it was simply impressive in the press room there were we were italian irish a journalist a girl from hungary another one from uh, Switzerland and myself, and we were all some lows that Sunday. Incredible, you know. Even the oh, Italian, yeah. right? The Italian journalist, they were pushing for Sam. He did uh, an incredible, yeah. and he once again, and this I want to underline once again, he showed how the British uh, riders race, you know. Yeah, they exactly. race very different. They race very different, you know. But that, there was yeah. a moment, um, sorry to butt in, when he was it qualifying, he got off the bike, he came in and you heard him say, I just, I can't do it. Mm. Yeah, after the race, like, he, came, he came to visit us and I asked him, did you think that you could make it during the race? I mean, win the race. He said, hey, at the grid, I, I thought I couldn't make the race. So mm. imagine, how, and he showed me his hand. His hand was like, I don't know how to call it. It was like a sausage, you know? Incredible mm. yeah, swollen, but, and he came up, look, what I gave most value, when he came up to visit us, he was still in his leathers, you know? Respect. A real oh, racer, yep. Stu, a yeah. real racer, you know, a real exactly, racer. Yeah. Congratulations. And I am very proud of being a friend, you know, yeah. of Sam. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think through what we have done here in this podcast with him, he knows us, he feels that we are with him. He was very nice, very nice guy. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I I was I was rooting for him that entire time. And I, I didn't think he was going to be able to make it to the end of the I race. I was waiting for him to look like he couldn't even hold on. Like it was yeah, just. But, and oh. Nobody would have blamed him if he, if he had just pulled in a pit lane and just gone, I'm done. Nobody would have blamed him whatsoever. No, but so to hang on like is, that. Oh, yeah. exactly. And get that podium. Absolutely amazing. Good on him. And yeah, that entire Moto2 race, outside of what was going on with Sam, realistically, to be able to, yeah, that's a, Big water bottle. <laughs> well, thank you. Water, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to to be able to like have the have the live championship standings like switching and changing oh. for the entire race, last race of the season, still not knowing who the champion was going to be. That is a season closer, as far as I'm concerned. That is mm -hmm. that is the race of the season. That was fantastic. Yeah, and during the race, there were moments that the championship they was from Marini two points for <laughs> yes. the championship and Bastianini came back and forwards and at the yep. end he made it. So I am also very happy for him because Bastianini is like underdog in Italy mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he is one of the few riders who is not from Valentino's no. exactly. uh, yeah. environment yeah. or mm -hmm. uh, academy. So this gives him a special importance, you know? Like yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he was bloody awesome. Indeed. And all those long fantastic. all those long laps. It was like the weekend of long oh. laps. The Leopard guys. What is going on with those Leopard engines? I thought there were a, a, a you know a, a stock engine across the across the board, Manuel. What are you what are you thinking? Well no no, what happened in, in Portugal look uh, is in Portugal. <laughs> stays in Portugal. <laughs> exactly. They, they had to do two long laps, right? Yeah. During yeah. the race. Yeah. And they were like coming pa, 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 from it the back and overtaking everyone. And it was, I have never seen something like this in no. all my life. The 
I was waiting for me, the tires. I was to go expecting on. like them to be like eight seconds behind or something phenomenal because mm. it was a pretty. It's a pretty decent long lap. Yeah, but it didn't yeah, even yeah. really seem to affect them. And, and and look in a category where everything is so close, they seemed that they were running with a mm. two-cylinder engine instead of one. You know, yeah. it was incredible, incredible. And I tell you, this the guy who who tunes up the the Leopard engine. Mm -hmm. Remember that with this team, uh, Danny Kent won the championship. Yep. Remember that with this engine, uh, Juan Mir won the championship. That's right. That was 2017, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I remember that. So Phil Island, yeah. Th this guy knows the knows his job, and obviously mm -hmm. all the rest of the of the category of the class, they have uh, how do you say uh, protested against the against the. Uh, his engines, the cool. marshals have opened the engines, have looked inside the engine, nothing strange. Really? And this year, this uh, control happens twice. Once the team of Valentino Rossi mm -hmm. paid, because when you do a protest, you have to put money on the table. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Like a, like a bet. Yeah, no, and claro, because <laughs> if not, you would you would uh, complain after every race. But yeah. if you complain and say, I want this engine be open, then you have to put money on the table. And if yep. the engine is okay, you lose that money. Fair enough. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a good way of, like you say, stopping people just randomly complaining all the time. And, yeah. and the, the funny thing is, obviously, that the ones who put the money, they were 100% sure that there was something in that engine. Because well, you think so. Would, yeah, they wouldn't throw away that amount of money. You wouldn't but, think so, no. But then there was nothing. Nothing. But, Stu, Andra, it's impossible what we saw the other day in Portugal. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I don't know what happens if it, if it if disappears it's... when the race finishes. But even know. their bikes in Moto3, Massey are my favourite rider of all time. Um, <laughs> like the way he could overtake bikes and like that it's, and I don't understand the engineering side of this, obviously, but the speed that it's a, it's a next level bike. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's crazy, no, no, isn't it? it? Was. Every time they get on the straight, they pass three, four guys. Easy. In one. Yeah. Easy. Bam, 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 bam. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So they're going to have a rude shock when they move up a class and they don't have that advantage anymore. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens when, yeah, if and when they, they do go up as well. So, yeah, beautiful. Let's, let's, so Moto3, Moto2 sorry, was sorry, great. Sorry, sorry man. Welcome. Cool. Yep. Yeah, before you, we switch to MotoGP, I think that you wanted. Let me mm -hmm. tell you that... Uh, there was already a test Monday after the race. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Where, what? Yes. A test in, uh, in Portimao, mm -hmm. where uh, Albert Arenas, the new Moto3 champions, rode for the first time in the Moto2. And Remy Gardner did the on first the KTM. on the KTM. <sighs> and nice. the people who saw his test said that it was impressive. Nice. Obviously, he was charged with the day before with his one, but the people who were at that test said, Remy is clearly a MotoGP rider. Nice. Nice. Next season, see. it should be a transition season. And in 2022, we want Remy in MotoGP. Yes. He's in MotoGP. That's the, that's the way yeah. to do it. Straya. 
Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, Jack Miller is the you have you have the best ambassador with this. Oh bloody oath. Oh well, yeah, what's going on the little slug that he's got in his face? Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Was he offering moustache rides or something? Uh, and ant demonstration, what he has around his mouth, you know that is. Yes, it is. That's a little, yeah, little ant, ant protest. Yeah, that's right. So that's a good, that's a good transition. Let's switch over and talk about Jack because, yeah, talking about amazing rides. Oh my God, that one from Jack. Like the week before, you know, Frankie held him off, and Frankie had an amazing ride again this this last weekend. But realistically, clearly Jack knew what he was going to do, and on that last lap there, he just pulled the trigger. He got him and he managed to stay ahead through turn 15 there. What a, what a ride. That was, that was a mature yeah. ride, wasn't it? Yeah. And he yeah, kept his no, tires. Uh, yeah. No, uh, the last races Jack have sh- has shown mm. that he is the Ducati man for the next year. Clearly. Yeah. So if Ducati has to trust on Jack and Jack has given back this uh, trust, you know, because mm-hmm. if you look around the other Ducati riders, <laughs> Jack has to save the life of Ducati engineer next year. And he has grown yeah. a lot. Compare, compare the Jack we saw at the beginning of the season and the one we have seen at the finish. He yeah. has, his curve has been up incredible. Definitely and has. I like him. He is fast, very fast. He's capable to do good grid positions. That is very mm-hmm. important. And he's capable to, to stay in the front during the races and in the last lap, he gets out this Aussie spirit, right? Yep, yep. I like that. I like, and I like him because he's a funny guy. He's not a, uh, you know, these guys that are like from a laboratory, you know, these yes, Spani- yeah, a robot. Spaniards yeah. and Italians, they say always the same. When you interview them, you basically can do an interview without interviewing them because you know the answers. With Jack, you never know what he's going to answer, you know? Nice. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was an incredible ride. And, you, and you're right. Ducati realistically now have to repay the faith. Um, he has – he saved them this year. You look at all the other riders, they haven't performed at all. You, you look constantly on the, uh, on the, on the, the, um, the, the finish positions. He's, he's up there five, ten places ahead of the next Ducati well, the next 2020 Ducati anyway. So, um, and he has won them the silverware this year because of his performance last weekend, they won the constructors title. So that is purely thanks to Jack. So realistically, yeah, for, for, for me, that's a, that's a massive, well done. Well yeah. Done Jack, Jack, very good. Very good. Yeah. Andrew. He, he's a shit taxi though, right? <laughs> he is a shit taxi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good seeing that bit of banter. Alex yes. Rin standing there waiting for his ride. He's like, ah, stuff it. Yep, indeed, <laughs> indeed. So look, I, th- I think at this point, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you see? Did you see Rins? I think Rins has never done this before because the bikes were going on to the right side, and he was doing the figure on the left. On the left, yeah. <laughs> Did you realize that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like this, and the yep. bikes were going that way. <laughs> yep. Is that what you want to get? You want to go back? Okay, we'll take you back. That's what... And I was thinking where he was. They wouldn't have even been able to see him because it was just over there. Was that the same yeah. hill where they were all getting a bit of air, or was that a different spot? I think that yeah, was the that's... same spot. It was just it was over the crest. Yeah. Yeah, that was Aaron. Aaron Canet appeared without the bike. You know? Oh my freaking god! <laughs> that was. <laughs> I woke up 
uh was it saturday sunday wake up and my husband goes andrew watch this and i, I was just like i can't I, so you know when you're watching something and you go and i just i can't yeah yeah no, oh, you because they didn't lucky. they didn't show it on our footage here in australia watching uh-huh they, no, they went, right. yeah. they went oh the something's footage. happened but they yeah so oh my god that was sickening mm, it was indeed um, it was indeed but yeah in saying that that track was bloody amazing well, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about next. Is like for me the um, you know let's let's say the personality of of the of the whole event. It's not one rider or one team or anything. For me, it's the track. That track is absolutely incredible. So I heard stories that it was supposed to be homologated and used uh, and you know or um, uh, accepted as a for, for track. use. <laughs> as a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, as a MotoGP and an F1 track years ago. But they, when they went to go and um, do the evaluation of the track, the weather was terrible. And so the riders couldn't get any decent grip and they couldn't get any good lap times on there. And they said, oh, it's horrible. We don't like it. Um, they're the stories that I heard. And so it, it was never approved to, to actually go onto the calendar. But now it's been given this opportunity. All I've been hearing is positive things about it. And it's, it was, oh, my God, it's a roller coaster of love. It's, a, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I read somewhere, yeah. I don't know if it was one of the riders or someone went, oh, no, it's not a proper MotoGP track as in that it's not flat enough. I can't think who that was. Yeah, someone who's at the back of the pack, obviously. Most yeah. of them, <laughs> from my observation, Probably. the riders were having a ball. They were loving it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you realize that there were the bikes were never straight? They were always yeah. Yes. On one side, to another side. To another. And as they come never... up and get a bit of air, they're sort of turning half in the air, trying to get ready for the corner. And Yeah, the, they, they, the only moment they were straight was on the straight, but the, between corners, there were yeah. no moment that where the, the, the bike mm -hmm. was up straight, you know? It was... That's it. And, and even half and, of the straight, it goes up and then flattens and then comes back down again. Yeah. That's insane. Stu, how do the F1s, how do the cars go on that? Do they get air? No, they've got they've got They're a lot heavy. of downforce. No, oh, well, okay. it's it's the it's the aero downforce that they've got, so they they, they don't get any air. They they are stuck oh, okay. right to the track. Right. Uh, but e even the cars were saying that they loved it when they were there a couple of weeks ago as well. I hope so. Do they I, add it? We'll definitely see it in twenty twenty one. Do you think they might add it permanently to the schedule? Please, 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 please. I hope so. What do you they reckon, will? Manuel? Do you reckon we'll see it in the next few years? Yeah, absolutely. Because I spoke with the president of the FIM. FIM, yes, mm -hmm. the International Motorcycle Federation, who is a Portuguese. And he told me, look, it's not on the pre uh, provisional calendar, but uh, it's most than probable that we don't go to Texas next year. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yep. And, and to Argentina. Because America's so, going to be on fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even without Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it seems that. The championship will be in Portugal in April. Yes, that's going to be nice. What's the can weather we, like there in April? All, that, that's can quite we all warm. Go isn't to it? that. Yeah, it's spring. It's just spring. It will be fantastic. fantastic. We've got to make plans to meet up next year. We do. Yeah. We do, if we you do. come, uh, look, it would be Jerez and then Portimao. Done. Could Done handle deal. that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so for uh, just a quick question, I want to put it to all the all the listeners and all the viewers now. If you could get out to one track that you've seen this year, you know, we've seen in F1 and in, in MotoGP, we've seen tracks that we don't normally see. If you could get out to one track in 2021, which one would it be? Let us know. So have a look in the, look in the comments below, all that sort of thing. 
let us know which track that you want to get out to next year for sure. At Portimao, Manuel, when you're in your little cool journalist room, because they were showing on TV like the three D kind of picture of the track, can you see most of the track from where you are? Because it looks like no, you can most, see a lot more than normal. No, most not because the the track is wide. You know that it's spread mm. around in a big surface. It's not like, uh, for example, Valencia is like a stadium. Okay. In Valencia, yeah. for yeah. From any grandstand, you can see 80% of the track. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have picked yeah. that. And uh, here not. Here you see just two, three turns, one turn. It's difficult, you know, but you, you can walk and the side road that uh, is very close to the track, to the circuit. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So you can see them really pass so, so close and it's, it impresses a Do lot. Do you really see them though? <laughs> <laughs> see a blur that was an orange what? blur that was, that yeah. was a blue blur indeed that's how you see it indeed yeah yeah what what a weekend and yeah like i say what a track absolutely amazing and realistically i want to have a massive shout out as well we we have we've come this far we haven't even mentioned the race winner um as we as we lovingly call him here on the podcast michael olive so our, our good friend michael <laughs> olive uh, Miguel Oliveira on his um, home absolutely. track, right? Yeah, on his, yeah, his home track. Mm -hmm. He was clearly on a different planet. It was like he was racing a MotoGP bike against Moto2 bikes. Absolutely incredible. That goes to show track knowledge is, is so, so valuable. And what a race he rode, eh, Manuel? Yes, no, Oliveira, he had won another race, but in Austria, remember, but that victory was strange right yes, it was yeah. like an error of the others and so yep. on. and that was but, jack again uh, was in that fight yeah <laughs> but this time it was he, he raced a, he raced another race he raced in another circuit he had a shortcut somewhere that we didn't yeah. realize because <laughs> a little tunnel that went underneath yeah. the track has, Look, it, has I, he I, spent more time on that track than everyone else oh then? yeah 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 this uh, he raced there an endurance race so he has done hundreds of laps, but mm. look, the other riders were pretty fair and said, look, at our level, at our level, after 15 laps on a new circuit, we know the lines because at the end they are the super top guys, super professional. Yeah. So you don't think that, that his experience on the track was a contributor oh, as yeah, such? No, it, it has, probably it has helped because it's such a, unique track you know so different as we just explained for example valentino valentino said that it was for him so difficult to understand uh, the track mm. well i guess all oh, the tracks uh, he races on he's raced it on for 472 years all the years yeah. he's been racing claro. yeah. all the other tracks he has done 500 he wouldn't have had to learn a new track yeah yeah that's and, exactly. and it's hard it when you're older to learn new things and especially when it when it's i wouldn't say dangerous but to it's a high speed crash you know because mm, yeah safety wise it's okay but being as fast when you crash you crash you know? mm. <laughs> i was surprised that there weren't real there wasn't really any crashes that were it surprised me i thought there was going to be shit everywhere it was a quiet weekend when it, when you think of, when you think about yeah offs and that sort of thing it was indeed definitely but I'm still an amazing an amazing weekend of action on the on the circuit so yeah we've spoken about Jack and 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 uh, Michael Olive I think we need to have a special mention for Frankie as well because again that performance from from Frankie 
when you're similar, similar to what Jack's doing on Ducati, Frankie seems to be doing the same thing on a Yamaha. You see all the other people on the Yamaha complaining about the bike, but Frankie's just getting out there and just getting it done and getting on with it and showing that it, it can, it can podium on that bike. Isn't he Manuel? Yes. Look, what, what has happening, what has ha happened in Yamaha? People think, wow, we don't understand because the new bikes don't work. Frankie's mm. old bike is the one that works. But Stu, the memory in racing is very short. Yes. Just go back in 2017. 2017, a guy called John Zarco arrived, mm -hmm. jumped, jumped on a 2016 bike, Yep. And impressed everybody. Remember, I think he did the pole position in the first race. That mm -hmm. year, this guy, this rookie called John Zarco, he beat regularly the two factory guys called Maverick Vinales and Valentino Rossi. Mm -hmm. okay. This then came another rookie in 2019 called uh, Juan, uh, no, Fabio Quartararo, yep. who was given an old bike. <laughs> this yeah. And Surprised everyone. In 2020, what has happened? A guy called Morbidelli was given an old bike mm -hmm. and beat the guys called Maverick Vinales and Valentino Rossi. So yeah. at the end, it's got to be the bike. Nothing, it's it's <laughs> not nothing abnormal, you know, out yeah. of the normality. So I don't know. The thing I think after hearing this or after remembering this. The Yamaha guys shouldn't build a new bike because every really? time the old bike is faster than the yep. new one. So please don't do a new bike for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they have much choice anyway. They have to stick with the same bike. So it could be a good thing for them. Instead of using the 2020 bike in 2021, the factory team might decide to use the 2019 bike again. Who yeah, knows? Well, it uh, could be crazy. Fabio, Fabio already said, I want my 2019 back, uh, bike yep. back. Exactly. But there is just one that is Franco's. So yeah. are they going to take Franco bike away? They're going to have to go to the museum and get the other bikes out of the museum. And then, hang on, and when Maverick Vinales heard that, said, okay, I want back my 2016 bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, is that so, a 990cc one? Hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so sure. it, it was such a, it's such a mess what is happening in Yamaha. I don't oh, understand. It yeah. is. And uh, while we're talking about Yamaha as well, I was reading the other day that, um, and this is very topical again for, for conversations that we've had recently. So Fabio Quattararo has, has come out and said in the off season, he's going to get some psychological help um, because he, he recognizes that he completely caved in towards the end of the year psychologically. Um, and and as, as we say, the proof is Morbidelli's results. It's, you know, that, 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 that's got to be the proof realistically. But, yeah, so we've had conversations previously, Manuel, even back at the beginning of the year, we spoke about Dobby's psychological coach um, and the, all the psychological work that he was doing. Um, and I think a few weeks ago, we just very briefly mentioned, you know, is, is Fabio getting some assistance? So it seems like he's probably not getting that much psychological assistance, and he's recognised now that he really needs it because that's his, his shortcoming, obviously, at the moment. That's well, great to hear. Yeah, something about racing we know here at our podcast, you know. We have been announcing things. this. Yeah, and I, I tell you something, because again, going back to the figures, Fabio has been leading the championship for, I think it was seven or eight Grand Prix. Yeah, that's and, right. Until the championship arrived in uh, Aragon. That's right. Before he, look. Wasn't that the track he was going to do amazing at? 
No, that was Valencia. Pat, oh, that was, uh, Valen that was Fabio, after Aragon. Fabio has, has been the, one of the real challengers for the championship for more of a half of the season. Mm -hmm. And you know how he finished the championship? Yeah, wasn't he fifth eighth, or sixth in the end? Was he eighth, eighth in the position. end? Oh I haven't even looked, but I thought he was fifth or sixth. Can you imagine his brain? He was until three races, one of, I'm going to challenge for the championship. And he finished eighth. Wow. That's, that is absolutely crazy. So my, my, the next thing I wanted to bring up with you, and speaking of people who finished the year in a terrible way, the world champion, Juan Mir. So my first question is, what happened in that race? Because I haven't seen what had happened. He was having some rear tire problems or something. And my second question is, do the results that he's had this year really justify him being a world champion? I know we've, we've spoken about it recently in the past with people uh, knocking him, saying it's, it's terrible and they shouldn't be knocking him. But really, uh, I mean, is he going to be a contender again next year? I know his mum is. His mum's definitely yeah, we, contender. We want him to be world champion. I just think people are still just talking about his mum. <laughs> just for the celebration. <laughs> did, did you hear that what he said when they spoke about his mother? That his mother oh, was wow. he? No, no, he said, Well, now you know why I why I look so nice. Oh right. Of <laughs> course, yeah. Oh yeah, pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> it was elegant. How to you know to go yeah. through that question. Exactly. So, yeah, well, what, what happened on the weekend? Do you know what happened on the weekend? Because he, he retired. What happened on the weekend? He got a little bit of, not upset, but he had a, he looked at me so very strange because uh, Sunday after the race, he came to the press room and said, no, I had a problem. I had a touch with Zarko, who, mm -hmm. who could not be another rider during the race. And then the, <laughs> the Zarko is always yeah. in all in all the, how do you say the, uh, well, Sarko is everywhere. And <laughs> he, it's always he, Zarko. Yeah, and then I, I told him, hey, Joan, don't worry. You, this weekend you have been on holidays. You did your job. He's, he's... And he looked at me and said, journalists, always ah. the same. <laughs> so you looked at him and went, riders, you're always the same. <laughs> yeah, but look, he started from the last row of, of the starting grid, okay? Yep, yep. And do you think it's coincidence that he did that after winning the championship? He had switched off. Oh, completely. Of and that's what I, I said last could. week. He's put the queue in the rack. He's done for the year. Claro, he, he did right. He did right. He has yeah, finished on a high. For so long. Exactly. Yep. Winner's and privilege. He, he can do that. He should be. He should have gone home after Valencia. He was the one person in every single grade that could just go, "Yeah, okay, my job's done." Yeah, claro. And then, of course, then probably <laughs> racing happened. What he said, but the weekend he was somewhere else. You know, he was not. He was there. completely. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was on holiday, wasn't he? So, so next year, let's fast forward to next hang year. Hang on, hang on, oh, hang on. Oh no, okay, go on. There's something else. Yes, <laughs> regarding regarding uh, Joan, there is a funny mm -hmm. story. Regarding the cash. Oh, yeah. Because as nobody expected him to be a world champion, when they did the contract, it was his manager said, okay, what about the bonus if he's world champion? Bonus. So they said, okay, put the figure you want, more or less. Oh, <laughs> Stu, <laughs> they million. don't have his family doesn't need the, the money. money. They don't they have don't the have... money to pay him. No. 
they have to ask a special extra to Suzuki to pay. And I tell oh, you more, what? a new contract, look, Juan had to sign a new contract. I think it was in May or something like this, right? But when it came to sign the new contract, he said, oh, hang on, guys. The money I was making for the new contract was depending on my results. Yep. In the first races. And we have not raced yet. So I won't sign with the low money you put on my first contract, which I accepted to have the chance to come into MotoGP. Clearly. So let's let's let open the money I will get in the new contract depending on the result. Oh no. <laughs> He's so, made. He's he has got it made. He's so, got to send Suzuki broke. So he has the bonus and then he will be now, his manager told me that probably he is now the third or fourth best paid rider in the whole championship. But did you say Good it depends on, on his results next year? No, on the results of this year. Oh. Yeah. World champion, so baby. They, they, yeah, they signed the contract and they said, okay, the money you are getting next year will depend on the results of this year. So they yep. did it. Okay. If you finish Whoops. fifth, you tie. But nobody yep. thought that they could finish first. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That yeah, is that's almost as good fantastic. as, was it Dovi when they cut his pay and said, all right, you can get this much per win and he won a heap of races? The, the yeah. same, the Dovi with uh, 20, what, 2018 when Lorenzo arrived, no? Yeah. Yes. Yep. The same, exactly the same. Yeah. So well. Manuel, tell me all this talk about Mia. I'm, from what you guys have taught me this year, the way the cards fall, you're going to have some of the top riders that are out. So someone else is going to win and this and that. He clearly won the championship fair and square, but yes. there's lots of people talking about, oh, you know, this person actually won more races and this and that, and everyone's a bit disgruntled, but he won. Yes. Uh, both, both uh, positions are true. All right, you know, he yeah. won the championship. He deserves the championship and mm -hmm. period. He did better than the rest and the points are there. This is clear, okay? But then uh, what is going to happen in the future? You put between question marks, for example, that there three riders finish the championship with more wins than him. Three. Yep. Morbidelli, uh, Quartararo, and Oliveira. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then he has never done a pole position in MotoGP, which is nothing but gives some status, okay? Yep. Which is so, odd because the people, because they're pole, don't just win either. Like, that clearly yeah, but shows how you fast you are. But it does, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what you are capable of, you know, mm -hmm. because at the end, the riders, it's about who is the fastest around the track, you know? And yeah. for them, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it in one lap, it's kind of a status. And then there is another thing that is also very interesting to analyze is the points that he has the, uh, won the championship with, okay? If you do, how do you say La División? If you divide... Yep, yep, the, divide. Say that in Spanish divide, again. División. División. Okay. If you divide the points he got in the championship between the 14 Grand Prix, the result is that a rider that would have finished fourth 
in all Grand Prix would have turned champion. And this is something amazing if you compare this with last year. Marquez mm. won Taka the championship. could have won. He was almost yeah, consistently Mar around there. Yeah, Marquez won the championship with results over second position. So, yeah. yeah. What kind More of than 20 points a race, yeah. Yeah, so what kind of championship uh, champion will Mir will be? We will see next year. So this is a, a challenge for Mir, you know, because obviously he hears all this stuff and he knows that he's champion, but will he be a champion like Kenny Roberts Jr., who, we, who just won one? Yep. Will he be a champion like Alex Cribillet, who just won one? Or mm -hmm. will he be the challenger that... Uh, uh, Jorge Lorenzo was to Valentino, you know? Yeah, yeah. Goes, goes to that next level and stays there, exactly. Exactly. This will be very interesting. And I am sure that uh, Mir will work during the winter double as normal thinking in Mark Marquez. You know? I have yeah, to beat yeah. this guy. I have to beat this guy. But the problem is that they don't have the reference of which Marquez we will face when he returns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We don't know yet. Have we, going off topic completely, have we had any updates for, for Mark? Do, do we know how his yeah. arm's going or what, what's going on? Yeah. Do they put some of yes. his ass in his arm to fix it or something? <laughs> Look, I know that the deadline is December 1st. Okay. You know, oh, it's they next have... week. Oh, shit, that's exactly. next week. Yeah. So they had tried to, or they are trying, we don't know if it's going to work or not. They are trying to fix it with another uh, treatment, no? Tratamiento. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yep. if it doesn't work, they will go to surgery because okay. the time is running out. If Marcus yeah. wants to return in time for the next championship, he has yep. to take a decision. Is and it this will happen on December 1st. Is it because of how bad the break was or did they just screw up the surgery? Or was uh, it because he opened a window? It was because he screwed up his <laughs> post-operation recuperation, window, right? wasn't it? Yeah. Look, I heard, no, I heard, no. I know that in the second surgery, they implanted a bone from a cadaver. You know cadaver? Dead uh, yeah, dead, dead body, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. And this... Uh, He's got a ghost was, in his body. Yeah, this was not accepted by his body. He said something very brutal. Wow. Therefore, therefore, they need to take bone from his hip, his mm. own bones to put in his arm because the yep. bone from the body is not working. So, Manuel, question for you. In Spain, do you have a TV show called Botched? No. <laughs> So it's a it's a so TV like show. Jobs gone wrong. Exactly, it's a TV show that. See, my, my wife watches a lot of what I call trash TV, reality TV, yes. and there's an American show called Botched, which is basically messed up surgery, and these doctors have to fix it. So, and it's normally boob jobs or noses or that that sort of thing. But are we going to see Mark Marquez on an episode of Botched sometime, where they're having to take pieces of a dead body out of his arm? and go and get some of his hip and put it in there. That sounds like what I, they're going to have to do. I don't think that it will, because all this officially won't happen. Imagine just the insurance that is behind. Yeah. Because Which is why I think we, so quiet. Mm. Yeah, we know. We spoke about this. Look, Mark 
has more or less a contract about how much? 10 millions per year, 12, 15 millions yep. per year. He has not raised one race. Legally, he, he cannot be paid. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So yep. imagine, of course, his lawyers will argue this. The yeah. insurance company that has to pay will argue this. And then are the doctors. The insurance company will go against the doctors. Yep. Mm. No, yeah. For yep. them to pay the contract of Marcus. So Dr. Me must have some bloody good out. lawyers, hey? Yeah, and, but look, and imagine the doctors, the, uh, the, how the, the college of doctors they have, for them, this is natural. They are complaining, getting complaints constantly. So Ooh. we don't hear anything, I think, because of a legal matter. The first one who opens the mouth pays the bill. Yeah, yep, indeed. So speaking of just, I just want to take another very quick step sideways. I think, or as Manuel says, just some parentheses, just let's just move, move to the side. Um, Peko Bagnaya, what happened on the weekend? He dislocated his shoulder, and I think it was Zarko that hit him. Of course it was. <laughs> what the hell? Of course. Did you see him? He's, no, he's I, riding I, off the side of the track and his arm's down here, and he couldn't touch the throttle, and he's going, Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I, but, yeah. But I saw that, but I didn't realize that it was Zarko again that was involved in this. It was, was it? bloody Zarko. Yes, yeah, so I think Mia tried to go up the inside of them and then forced one of them wide, and Zarko ended up going out and, and hitting Bagnaya. <laughs> and, and yeah, he, he dislocated his shoulder and he had to retire. What a, what a poor way for that guy to finish the season. Because you remember he started, he had a broken leg and he was having to be carried onto the bike and he had crutches. <laughs> yeah. And now he finishes the season with a dislocated shoulder. Oh my God. He's, he's, he's yes, and, and in the middle of the season, it seems to be, oh, I am he a was, challenger. Exactly. We were all talking about him going, he's doing really, really well. Yeah, yeah, we saw now Ducati. Now they have the rider they want. Bang! At yep. the end, what we have repeated here a thousand of times. It's not how it starts. It's not it's how, how, yeah, it's how it ends. ends. Yeah, that's exactly how it ends. Right. So speaking, Manuel, we were just talking when we were waiting for Stu offline about a couple of the riders that were leaving and how emotional it was or whatever. I must ask about Tito. Mm. Oh yes, Tito Rabat. Look, the, the the Portugal was the Grand Prix of the last times. Mm. The last it was time. Look, so many retirees, look, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, and many situations. Basically, all the teams, but Suzuki will change next year. All of mm -hmm. them. Yep. Just look. It was the last time of Dovizioso, right? Carl Cracciolo last time. Last time of Valentino in a factory team. Yep. Last time of Tito Rabat. Last time of Petrucci on a Ducati. Mm -hmm. Last time of Paul Espargaro on a KTM. Last time of Quartararo on a satellite team. Mm -hmm. And Samail, ah, last time of Hold. Alex Marquez yes. in the factory team. That's right, he's going back, yeah. So last time you know, half of start, Rossi's team. Yeah. Exactly. But well, they are they are they are outsiders. But they and, and obviously last race of Tito Rabat. Mm -hmm. So I, I asked Carl uh, Crutchlow about uh, Tito was a world champion or is a Moto2 world champion. Mm -hmm. so I asked Carl uh, about why did he th think that uh, Tito didn't do well? And Carl's answer was brilliant. 
And he answered me with a question. He said to me, Manuel, do you think that Aleix Espargaro is a better rider than Tito Rabat? Of, of course not, because Aleix has won nothing. In he hasn't run. won anything yet. That's right. Yeah. Anything. And he said, that's the difference between being in a factory team and being in a satellite team. Yep. So it was short and clear. You know? Wow. So Tito would, ha would have done much better if he would have been mm -hmm. in another situation because he's, look, he's at the level of Alex Marquez. He's at the level of other Moto2 winners, you know, like Banyaya. The problem mm. is that he got stuck from the first moment in teams that didn't give him the tools he needed. That's, that, that's a really good point, Manuel. And I suppose that also uh, reminds me of the situation at Aprilia, where at the moment we've st it still looks like we've got um, Savadori, who's going to potentially have the ride next year, or Bradley Smith. But there's been so many Moto2 riders have been linked to that Aprilia ride. Joe Roberts, the most recent one, especially, um, who, who was yeah, saying, look, he's going to, he's going to MotoGP GP next year. But then he and a lot of other guys have turned down that ride because they're saying, we don't want to be stuck on a bad MotoGP bike. We'd rather Just be on a good Moto2 Moto bike. That's exactly right. I love, I love that none of the Moto2 riders, obviously there's more tour and legalities yeah. and contracts, but I love that none of them went, yeah, it's MotoGP, I'm jumping on that bike. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I suppose fast no. forward a year, is that going to happen to Remy? What, what's he going to do? Look, I think, okay, the Aprilia is not, well, it's it's the worst bike on the on the yeah. on the grid bike clear. Yeah. But I look, the that. situation. First, let's go through all the candidates that Aprilia had to get on this bike. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I'm just going to pour myself another Got drink. Got some of mine. <laughs> all right, okay, so what have... happened? Look, we had we heard the name of Joe Roberts, who mm -hmm. was surprising. He is not ready for mm -hmm. at all. Even I, call, even I work that out. Yep. So yeah. why did they choose him? Because of his passport. Yeah. Again, yes. Another option was Chas Davis. Chas. Okay. Who why? Chas? Passport. He races British. for Ducati in uh, World Superbike. Ah, gotcha. And he was the only friend uh, Casey Stoner had in the paddock. Mm -hmm. Okay. They wanted Chas. Why? Because... Uh, MotoGP needs a British rider in for the BT Sport team uh, broadcasting. That's right. Yeah, Cal steps to the side. They want to bring another British rider in, and BT demands having a British rider. Mm. You know, all these guys. And look at this story. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. When, when uh, the name of uh, of Roberts came out, they asked Alex Espargaro, "What do you think?" And Alex said, oh, I think it's very good because he's a young, talented rider. I think he, he would be welcome to the, our garage, which is between lines of that. He wants somebody who be slow because he's he wants one. still to be the big fish. Exactly. He doesn't want somebody who's going to come in and upstage him. And, exactly. And uh, yeah, somebody who, is, who be, will be able to come and show his real... Uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. performance. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Of the bike, so, the real, the real, uh, uh, the real capability of the bike, because then that puts a spotlight back on Alej. 
And I tell you something more. For example, I know that Bradley Smith has not been paid yet. Oh, jeez. Because... Uh-huh. Bloody, the bloody Rona. Did they so look no, at any Japanese writers for the Aprilia seat? No. None no, are good no, enough yet? No. no. And I, I tell you right. something. Look, in my opinion, I, I don't know if I told you this. In my opinion, the move, the perfect move should have been you sign Betseki or you sign Remy Gardner for 2022 mm-hmm. as a young rider. You, you sign a guy that helps you to develop the bike. And who would be, in my opinion, the number one clearly? Michele Pirro. Ooh, they should yeah. have stolen. They should have stolen from Ducati Michele Pirro. Yep. And put him on Development the rider. For sure. That would be that would have been the perfect move. And I know that there was an offer too. But what really? happened? Yes, what happened? Michele Piro has a Ducati shop. Yes, this would have been to throw away all his future. Yes, yeah, it's like Ferrari versus Lamborghini, isn't it? You're either one or the other. <laughs> a Kia or so, a Maserati, right, Steve? Exactly. Exactly. What a Kia? What's a Kia? <laughs> so this is the situation in Aprilia now we don't I don't know they need somebody to help them to push up the bike you know you, oh, Alicia Spargaro can't be the reference for them mm. with all my respect they need somebody in a garage that need two riders that push each other especially yes. when the bike is new so yeah. what are they doing they're giving the two guys the seat and they've got to pretty much prove their worth and who's going to keep it or I don't know. The last thing I heard it was that they were continuing yeah, with fine. Salvador, you know? Oh, yeah, I thought there I was I thought well. there was two of them kind of. I don't know. I don't know. But look, I think that uh, I'm looking to Remy Gardner after next year. Okay? For Aprilia, you think maybe? Or KTM. Or KTM. KTM. KTM, yes, good yeah. move because he Petrucci could, he has one year contract. Easy, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's now getting in with the new team he's in, that is the Akiajo team, is basically a KTM mm-hmm. uh, production rider team. You know, yeah. they produce the riders and they push so them up. It's Remy a has team. to take, exactly. They have to, he has to take that opportunity it's because they are for him. Yeah, exactly. His path to MotoGP in a factory team. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good Good observation, Andrew. Really, really good. See how and much I've learned this year? I know. Wow. Oh, my God. I think we must, in these uh, months, in this hibernation month, we must have a chat with uh, Remy. Mm-hmm. I, think. I think so. Yeah, and also we will try to get uh, Sam also. Well, and, you know, what I said to Sam today is that I think we need to get Sam and Alex so we can see which is the better looking twin. Simple. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities, but I don't know. I mean, talk no, about yeah. the difference between MotoGP and Superbikes. Ooh, if you've got two British riders there, that's going to be a fight. That, that will be a fight. <laughs> even being brothers even being brothers that that's right exactly no definitely that that's cool so before we sign off guys so uh, yeah we've had some great conversations and, and from what it sounds like to me it sounds like this off season that's coming up is actually going to be almost as interesting as the as the mm-hmm. season was as well 
you know, looking how some of these bikes develop, the, the KTM engine development is going to be really interesting. Uh, what, what, what ends up happening at Aprilia is going to be very interesting as well. And, um, and as we say, the, the, the actual calendar as it, as it firms up as well is going to be really interesting for 2021. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll get together a few times over the off-season. Um, but, but for now, we've had an incredible season of, um, of, of conversations and talking about an incredible season of racing. Any other observations that you've got before we sign off, Manuel? Yes, no, what, what you mentioned about the preseason, as we just said, all teams but one will have a new new people in, you know, new rider yep. in the garage. So it will be super, super interesting to see what Petrucci is capable to do on the KTM, mm -hmm. what uh, Valentino is capable to do, to do on a non-factory team for the first time in his life. He's going to look mighty fine in those colors, by the way. <laughs> sorry i was just gonna say i was watching again this weekend i'm like why do they always have the camera straight up their ass pipe when they start doing their stretches as they're riding yeah. out onto the track <laughs> yeah as they're picking the undies out the bum <laughs> sorry manuel continue yeah. no no i i just wanted to say that i have enjoyed a lot and i think that we have started something uh Nice, you know, mm. nice Indeed. and funny and enjoying. And every time we do this, I enjoy a lot. Thank I you hope so that much, people that, that follow us as well. And, you know, and I love that the people listen to us and I've made lots of friends through this, but in no disrespect to them, I could sit and just chat to you guys. And if no one listened to us, I wouldn't care. It's been an absolute pleasure <laughs> getting to know you both and doing this every week. And yeah, you we'll, know, we'll, it's very, yeah. getting very dusty in here. You gotta I know, I haven't even been drinking. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Isn't it? No, it, it has. And That's yeah, the I problem. Echo That's that the problem. Well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to echo those sentiments as well, guys. It has been an absolute pleasure and it's been an honor as well for, for both of you to, to take the time out to, to talk with, you know, an, an idiot like myself who just loves watching motorbikes go really fast. It is it's hard at times. Wonderful. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> goes in here? Exactly. That's right. And so I'm, I'm sure, as, as you say, in the off season and the preseason, we'll get together a couple of times. We'll see if we yes, can have a chat will. with sam and remy and, and those sort of guys and maybe some other some other guys as well quite possibly um and and so but until then let's let's sign off for the last time and then we'll uh, we'll we'll have a couple of weeks off and we'll have a bit of a break so for the last time for a while andra have you got anything that you want to say to our listeners and our viewers before we sign off nah <laughs> <laughs> no all the usual all the socials all the usual, exactly. Get on the socials. If this is the if this is the first podcast you're listening to, or the first vodcast that you're seeing, there's a whole bunch of them before this. So go back to the beginning of the year and look at them oh, all. And the biggest go highlight, I have actually gone back and listened to some of our older stuff now that I know who we're talking about. Yeah. And it's also quite an incredible journey listening to me even try to pronounce some of the most simple names or places at the beginning of my journey this year. But listening <laughs> to the Manuel incident has been an absolute highlight for me and getting Manuel's insight on experiences and trying to say one or two words about someone because Manuel can't do that for anything. <laughs> That's an impossibility. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, indeed it is. So look, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you very much, Hefe. You've been an absolute legend to, to be so patient and uh, and listen to our bullshit for the year. It's been no, absolutely no, fantastic, look, mate. Look, it's it's incredible. You are 
as far as somebody can be from me. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. And what, what makes us a family is the, uh, that our our love for the racing. It's amazing. Exactly. You know? and yeah. This is, there are no borders, there are no flags, there is just racing. Yes. And we have done 32 of these. I know. I know. 32. I nearly that got a bit so sad good. the other day, Manuel. Manuel sent us a map to show where he was on his ride to Portimao and it come up and said you were 17,000 miles or kilometers away from me. Kilometers, and I was like, yeah. oh my God, we're <laughs> so far away. Indeed. Yeah. We well, will get to do year, one of these. Uh, next year, we will meet somewhere in this planet, whether uh, it's in Australia, in Japan or whatever. Yep. Paris, we will. <laughs> There, Paris, Paris, there is always Paris. There's left. always Paris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thank Indeed you very we much. And I we'll love you. Love you. Thank, thank you so much. much. We'll speak love soon. You, thank you very okay. much. And for all you guys bye out bye. there in podcast land, take care. Stay upright. Love the MotoGP. Bye.